Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Careful making wishes in the dark, dark, can't be so Hey, I'm Trent Rush. This is Brandon Marsh the Los Angeles Angels and 66ers baseball. This is Joe Adele here with the Los Angeles Angels. I'm Tori Hunter Jr. You're listening to the All Angels Podcast. Welcome to another edition of the All Angels Podcast. I am Dallin Garcia, and on this episode, we finish our preview of the visiting AOS teams. And today we are joined by Daniel Kramer, the MLB beat writer for the Seattle Mariners. Daniel, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you? Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, no problem. And this is something that uh, you kind of alluded to in the email when we were setting this up, but a uh, great first name. Yeah. <laughs> so so one of the things I want to talk a little bit about with, with the Seattle Mariners is a little bit of what happened last year in 27-33. Third in the division, but a real bright spot in Kyle Lewis winning AL Rookie of the Year. Um, talk a little bit about last year. What went what went right for Seattle? What went wrong for Seattle in your eyes? Yeah, I think they surprised some people, even themselves, with how they finished the year. You know, like you said, a third place in the American League West. Uh, you know, they were only two games back of the Astros, who wound up going to the ALCS again. Um, and, you know, it took a big step forward, I think, from, you know, all facets of the game, especially given the context of their rebuild. You know, uh, 2019 was a pretty down year, as expected. But, um, you know, like you said, with Kyle Lewis, he really came on. Um, Marco Gonzalez has emerged as one of the more productive left-handed starters in the American League. I mean, just a really solid pitcher all around. And... Um, yeah, then they added some pieces at the trade deadline from the Padres. Uh, Taylor Trammell, who's been a big standout here early in camp. Uh, Andres Munoz, a, a flame-throwing reliever that they're really excited about, as well as backup catcher Luis Torrens. Um, but overall, I think that they just uh, they played a little bit better than maybe even they had anticipated, and they're really looking forward and building on that this year. And, you know, general manager Jerry Depoto has pointed out that, you know, young teams tend to surprise some people, and so maybe – you know, they could be on a project, a trajectory of, of that course. I mean, you look at teams like the Brewers and the Braves of the past few years, you know, emerging from their rebuilds maybe a little bit quicker than they had anticipated. I don't necessarily know that that's going to happen with Seattle this year, but, um, you know, they got a lot of young talent, and you're going to start to see some of those guys reach the majors here pretty soon. Yeah, and, and Kyle Lewis, I don't know much about him through the you know, when he was a prospect. Like that, you hear the names, but you just don't understand how good they are. Was this kind of expected um, from him when he got the call to come up to the majors? Yeah, um, you know, he dealt with some injuries early in his minor league career. 
Uh, he was a first-round draft pick. He was Jerry Depoto's first first-round draft pick back in 2016. Then he had a pretty bad ACL tear uh, that sidelined him for a while. And so he was a little bit slower to develop, so to speak, in, the, um, in his minor league career. But, you know, for him to come out and, and play the way that he did, we saw a little bit of it at the end of 2019 as a September call-up. Um, but he really took the, the majors by storm last August when he when he came up and, and performed really well over the first month of the season. I think the tools are all there. I mean, he, he's even surprised a little bit with how strong he is defensively in center field. I think the big thing with him is just consistency. I mean, you say that so much with players in general, but, um, you know, he had a ton of strikeouts. And that's still kind of a concern with him moving forward. Yeah, and so you kind of touched on a little bit about Marco Gonzalez. He had a great year in 2020. How much do you think is repeatable in the 2021 season, seeing that 2020 was such um, such an abbreviated season and such a small sample size? Is that something for real, or was that just a guy on a hot streak at the right time? No, I think that you started to see a lot of it in 2019. He was only a among a handful of pitchers that threw 200 innings that year. I want to say one of like 12 or 15. I mean, this guy brings some legit intensity to every start. He's very competitive. You know, we've called him a bulldog, but his teammates have called him a surgeon. Um, you know, he's he's very motivated to make every one of his starts. And I think a big part of that is, you know, undergoing Tommy John surgery back in 2016 when he was with the Cardinals and just continuing to get more and more removed from that elbow procedure. Uh, he's just so precise with his location. He's not a guy that's really going to overpower you with stuff. Uh, you know, his fastball is at 88 miles an hour. But his secondary pitches have really upticked over the past few years, and he can really put the ball pretty much wherever he wants it. He's a pitch-to-contact guy. He understands how hard it is to hit at the major league level, so he pitches with confidence, knowing that he's got a good defense behind him. Uh, but, you know, I don't think that this was any fluke by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, he's going to be their opening day starter for the third year in a row. Uh, a lot of upside with him. I actually wrote a story about him yesterday. Just what's next? Uh, and I think honestly, big things. You know, I wrote yesterday that it wouldn't be out of the realm for him to be looking at an all-star bid at some point if he keeps this up. Uh, I think he flies under the radar because he's not an overpowering Garrett Cole, Justin Verlander, Max Scherzer type pitcher. And he plays in the Pacific Northwest, you know, in those late games and kind of tucked away up there. But a lot to like about Marco Gonzalez. So kind of moving now on to the offseason before we get to the spring training is some additions that you guys did this year. Um, James Paxson is probably the biggest name that you guys brought back um, from his spent some time with you guys and then went to New York and now back with Seattle. Um, what are you guys expecting from Paxson this year? Yeah, so with Pax, it's, you know, can he stay healthy? Uh, I think, you know, Jerry DePoto has said, that they were the benefactor, benefactors of a hometown discount of sorts when he signed that one-year deal, $8.5 million. It can get up to $10 million with some very achievable incentive bonuses. Um, but the big thing is, can he prove that he's healthy? So in that way, it was kind of a win-win contract for both sides. You know, the Mariners needed somebody that could bridge to their younger arms who are coming in the pipeline. Uh, but also Paxton needed an opportunity to kind of prove himself that he can return to form as one of the top 
left-handed starters in the American League. So I think it was just a really big fit for comfort. Um, you know, his wife lives in the Seattle area and is going to be working full-time in the Seattle area. He grew up in this team, in this organization. He knows the staff, not just the coaching, but the medical and the training staff as well. Uh, and he is healthy. He hasn't played in a Cactus League game yet, uh, but he will debut tomorrow. Some of that has just been scheduling and logistics issues. They have so many arms in camp, so they're trying to get innings for all those guys. But you'll see him back out there tomorrow. Um, yeah, and a lot to like. I mean, when he's at his best, he's very good. You know, he threw that no-hitter in 2018. Um, you know, a sub-four ERA for his career. Uh, you know, when he's healthy, he can really eat up a lot of innings, but that's been the biggest concern over his career, even when he spent two years with the Yankees. It's just he hasn't gone over 160 innings in a season, and the Mariners are really hoping that he can do that this year. Uh, he has recovered from the flexor strain that he had. He also had back surgery last year when he was with the Yankees. So he was banged up, uh, but they really liked what they saw uh, in a bullpen session in December. Wasn't really sure if they were even going to get a chance to sign him because there were 20 other teams at that uh, bullpen. And it just kind of fit all together. So there's a lot of upside with packs, but again, health will be the factor for sure. Another guy that you guys brought in um, had a great 2019, not a great 2020, but that's Ken Giles out of the bullpen. Um, what What is his expectation with the Mariners this year? Uh, he's not going to pitch at all. He had Tommy okay. John surgery in October. So that's why 2020 wasn't really a great year is because he was dealing with elbow issues before going into the season and then he had the surgery. So they signed him to a two-year deal with an option on a third. So I think it gets up to like $19 million if they escalate all three years. But basically he's going to spend the entire 2021 season rehabbing here in Arizona at the spring training facility. He lives here in the off season as well as kids are here. Um, but he won't get on the mound because of that Tommy John. What they're banking on is that, you know, you've seen some of these contracts like, Drew Smiley signed a, a recent deal with the Cubs in, in a couple years ago. You, you bank on bringing him in on an economical, cost-friendly deal and hoping that he rebounds to his elite all-star caliber form for next year when they hope to be a little bit more competitive. And, you know, that's a big piece. If they, if they get to where they want to go in 2022, they'll already have a closer. But, you know, it's a risk move for the Mariners, too, because he's a Tommy John guy and, and they don't know completely what they're getting. But as far as 2021, he will not be on the mound. One more guy I want to uh, talk about that you guys have brought in. Um, Angel fans know him, Keenan Middleton. Uh, Middleton, how has his spring gone, and and how does he fit in that Seattle bullpen? Yeah, he's an interesting guy. I mean, uh, Pacific Northwest native from Portland. I think he was someone who felt like this would be a good fit for him, a uh, chance to kind of reestablish his value. Another Tommy John guy that they've signed that they're hoping can kind of have some upside. Uh, as far as his spring has gone, it hasn't been stellar, but he hasn't had a ton of outings either. And I, I don't think he pitched last year, if I'm recalling correctly. So he's still working his way back up. They're looking at him to get a lot of high leverage innings, though. 
Uh, it's a bullpen that didn't have a ton of velocity last year, and he brings a lot of heat, so they're excited about that. He pitched today, and Scott Service said he you know, liked what he saw. It was one of his better outings that he's had so far. But you know, by all indications, he's going to get the seventh or eighth inning leading into Rafael Montero, the, the former Rangers closer who they also acquired. Um, but yeah, the Mariners, uh, he's, he's definitely a part of their, bur- uh, their bullpen plans for 2021. So once once spring training started, um, some news off the field happened. It's kind of been the Mariners' um, big news this offseason, and that's uh, former CEO Kevin Mather talking about not only service time for some of the players that they have now, but also some players they talk about, some players they have on the roster now and ex-players. Um, when all that started coming down, what was your reaction to all that news? It was it was pretty wild. Um, I'm this is my first year on the beat. I've been in Seattle three years, but this is the first year on the beat. So I, I haven't had a ton of interactions with Mather. I've met him once or twice. Um, but you know, in talking to people who have covered the team for an extended period, I mean, this was uh, this was a really big deal. You know, it kind of exposed exposed the front office in a way. Uh, that, you know, they, they really didn't want to be, I guess. Um, but over the past couple weeks, you know, a lot of that has died down. Um, you, you've seen people move on from it. Uh, maybe not so much Jared Kelnick, their top outfield prospect, right. since he was one of the guys who was mentioned, but and he still has disagreements over where he stands and his readiness for the majors. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was a messy situation for sure, and, and one that DePoto and Scott Service are trying to distance themselves from. Um, Marco Gonzalez thinks it was an isolated incident. He's kind of stepped forward and said, hey, we're going to move past this. Uh, You know, the rest of the team, a little bit of a mixed bag on that. I guess we'll continue to see how that plays out. But, um, yeah, it was definitely one of the highlights of early camp for sure. Is Marco one of those leaders in in the clubhouse that you've been able to see kind of you know, we talk about Kyle Lewis, but he's so young being a rookie last year. Is Marco kind of taking the reins of, of that leadership role? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I, I wrote about this a little bit yesterday, but, you know, he is one of only three players left from that 2018 team that won 89 games and, and was the last team before the rebuild, so to speak. Um, you know, him, Kyle Seeger, and Mitch Haniger. Paxton was on that team, but he, he, he left and then he came back. So I, I talked to James Paxton a little bit about this, of just the maturation he's seen in Marco over the years from afar. And stuff-wise, like I told you earlier, you know, it's just far more improved. But I think the biggest thing is he's really embraced the fact that he is a leader on the field and in the clubhouse and a club ambassador off the field. Uh, You know, he's the only Mariner who lives in Seattle year-round. He he's one of the older guys in terms of service time. Uh, And it's yeah, he's definitely brought on that role uh, to be one of the unquestioned leaders in the clubhouse. And, you know, it's something I think he really takes pride in, too. So moving forward to the 2021 season, um, we're about, you know, two and a half weeks away from April 1st. In your eyes, from what you've been able to see so far this spring training, what are some of the weaknesses and strengths of this team? Yeah, I mean, I think... I guess I'll touch on the weaknesses first. Uh, the bullpen was arguably the worst in the American League last year. 5.92 ERA. It's not what you want. They 
didn't really have anyone to absorb the high leverage innings. Um, and they set out to fix that this offseason. Like you said, they added Keenan Middleton, Rafael Montero from the Rangers. They brought Kendall Graveman back. He was a, a former starter, but they really like him in this new bullpen role that he's gotten after uh, experiencing a tumor in his uh, in his spine. Um, so they've they've made a few moves there, but nothing like super flashy. So that kind of leads you to wonder like, okay, just how improved can this be? And there's still not a lot of clarity on that. You know, with bullpens, it's always the final couple weeks at camp where you really start to see uh, a clearer picture come into, into scope. And, you know, you, you like the moves that they made, but how impactful can they be? You're still not quite sure. So I think the bullpen is is still a weakness. I mean, it, until it proves otherwise. Uh, in terms of strengths, I think they're going to hit better this year. Uh, it's another year of growth for the Kyle Lewis's of the world. J.P. Crawford took a big step forward last year. And they're getting back their best player, too. That's one thing DePoto has talked about with Mitch Hanniger is that, you know, they haven't had their best player for really the past year and a half. And though they didn't go make a flashy free agent signing, uh, yeah, he's an in-house addition who, when he's on the field, he's an all-star. His last full season, he was an all-star in 2018. The guy has 30 homer potential. He's a huge run producer. So I think that that'll be a big addition for them as well. And then you look at the guys that are coming. I mean, the Jared Kelnicks of the world um, and uh, possibly Taylor Trammell breaking camp in the outfield. So uh, I think the offense, Scott Service has talked a lot about if we can score, you know, more than four runs a game, we're pretty good. And that's true. They won, I think, two-thirds of the games that they scored four more runs. The problem is when they score three or fewer, they only won a handful of games. So, uh, But I think the offense will be much more improved. And you kind of mentioned some of those names in the farm system, whether it's Kelnick, uh, Tremel, even Julio Rodriguez and the highly touted outfielders that they have in their uh, system. Um, but besides like those three big names, how is the farm system as a whole? It's much improved. Uh, you know, they set out to overhaul it three years ago, like I said, with the step back after 2018. And they've taken a lot of steps to accumulate young talent. They went through kind of what they called an opportunity phase where they were just trying to gauge different guys, different players all over the field over the past couple years. But now they're getting more into like the development phase. They, they like the talent that they have. Um, we're going to be releasing the MLB pipeline farm system rankings here in the next couple weeks, I think. Uh, I, I'm not at liberty to reveal where they <laughs> rank, but I can tell you that it's very high in, in our, at least our rankings. Uh, one of the better farm systems in the, in the, um, in the majors. Uh, so it, it's much, much improved compared to where it was a couple years ago. Besides like the names we mentioned, the, the hot out, outfield names, is there another name that pops up in your head that of someone that could make a uh, debut at some point this year? An under the radar name that could make a debut. Uh, I I don't know if he's so much under the radar now since he's performed well over the past three weeks in camp. But Taylor Trammell is a guy who I don't think many people really expected to come in and open eyes the way he has. Uh, you know, 
every time he's on the field, energy seems to gravitate towards him. He goes out and makes plays pretty much everywhere, in the outfield, on the bases, and especially with his bat. So he's definitely been someone that's caught some attention, and I think he's really injected himself into the conversation for the opening day left field job. Uh, that's a question mark of a position as it is right now. You know, it's earmarked for Jared Kelnick long term, but... You know, the Mariners have maintained that Kelnick needs more minor league development, even though he disagrees with that. So that kind of leaves left field in limbo for the first couple weeks, if not months of the season. And, you know, Trammell's a little bit of an older guy. He's 24, I want to say. And, you know, he's been in the minors for five years. So, you know, the service time situation isn't as urgent with him. Um, and he's impressed. So, you know, I didn't, I didn't, think like three weeks ago I'd be talking about Taylor Trammell as much as I have but you know here we are he's a guy that's really impressed and could very well be the opening day left fielder so we have three names Jeremy, Jared Kelnick Julio Rodriguez and then obviously like you said Taylor Trammell on top of Kyle Lewis the AL rookie of the year that's four position or four players to for three position they're all young guys have have Seattle said anything about possibly moving one to help the team down the road or or how they planning to juggle these four guys with these three positions well they're definitely not thinking about moving them because they they're still very young they're under club control for a long time and you know even though the Tremels had a good camp that they still don't really know what they have uh so they're gonna want to see how he plays out uh Jared Kelnick will be here long-term. Kyle Lewis will be here long-term. And, I mean, everything I've heard about Julio Rodriguez and seen with my own eyes is he's taking a huge step forward from where he was in spring training last year. So he's still just 20 years old, though. I don't think he's going to debut in 2021. He might towards the end of the year if he, like, really rakes it up in the minors and they have some injury concerns in August or September. But he's got a lot of minor league development still left to go. I think the big thing for him is he's going to need to get triple A at bats because that's where guys are going to throw him breaking pitches. I think he's, he's great at every level of the minors, but a lot of those are lower level competition. And, you know, some of the pitchers who don't quite have the stuff is the upper echelon of the minor leagues. So he's still a ways off. Um, you know, back to your question about trading them, maybe down the road, but that would be that would be a, a while down the road. They're still in development and, and they're still in very much in a development phase with these guys. So what has been a position battle that's popped off to you um, in Seattle? Has there been one that stands up more than the others? Well, I, I think the left field one that I just touched on for all the reasons right. uh, with Tremel, uh, just because Kelnick is coming and Jake Fraley was the, the guy that entered camp probably as the favorite and he struggled I think he started 0 for 15 uh, and then Trammell has surprised so left field is probably the most contested at this point and then like I said with the bullpen you know they have a lot of mid to lower leverage innings that they're going to probably spread around and they've got a ton of arms in camp so that would be a competition second base was going to be one but shed long jr hasn't really recovered from the right chin surgery that he had last september uh and he's kind of lost his reins on that grab so dylan moore is is slated to be the the opening day second base guy um 
But other than that, I mean, they've had quite a bit of roster clarity coming into spring training. So, you know, I know it's not juicy, but they have a pretty good idea of what their roster is going to look like. And something I like to ask all the writers or, or podcast people I have on isn't necessarily what you think your team's going to do this year, because I think a lot of people know one or two injuries on any team can really turn what could be a promising season into a, a real uh, down season. So what I want to ask you is for whatever team comes out of the AL West, what do you believe their win total will be? Oh, man, that's tough. I hadn't really thought about that other than that the AL West isn't as stacked as it was maybe right. one, two or three years ago. Uh, I still think the Astros are in it, uh, you know, even though they won't have Verlander and even though they don't have Cole anymore, they, and now from Valdez looks like he's going to be out for the year. They still have a lot of talent, you know, um, the A's lost two all-stars, right? Semyon and, and Liam Hendricks, but they always find a way to win and like low key, they're still pretty stacked. So I think they'll still be around, but the years of seeing like 107 wins or 97, 107 wins to win the division, 97 wins to get in the wild card. That's probably not going to be true this year. So if I'm going with a win total for the AL West, uh, maybe in the 90 to 93 range, that's what a lot of people are saying that 93 to 95 is kind of what I'm getting back a lot from um, other writers and people I've talked to. So you're right. You're right in the same kind of ballpark. Yeah. So, Daniel, I want to thank you again for taking some time out and uh, chatting with me and to preview the Seattle Mariners. For anyone that wants to follow his coverage of Seattle, um, check him out on Twitter at DKramer underscore. Again, that's at DKramer underscore. Daniel, thank you very much and have safe travels. All right. No problem, man. Have a good one. I'd like to welcome our newest sponsor, eBay Sneakers. From rare dead stock to the latest releases, you can find the exact sneaker you are looking for on eBay. As the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is the place to go if you want to cop that pair that you've been eyeing. And with eBay's guarantee, a team of independent professional authenticators perform a rigorous inspection of the sneakers you purchase before they are sent to you. So you can shop confidently knowing your pair is the real deal. And for you sneaker sellers out there, eBay has eliminated selling fees on sneakers $100 or more, making it free to sell or flip your collection. With the other sites charging as much as 25%, you're going to have a ton of extra cash left for, guess what? More sneakers. Check out ebay.com slash sneakers today. Again, that's ebay.com slash sneakers today. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. And just around the corner, we have MLB Baseball. BetOnline covers everything from award shows, TV shows, and even reality TV. Real-time updates, odds, and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. This is the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? 
And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Searching for NBA playoff coverage? We've got you. The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, gives you an inside look into the world of sports. Hosted by former NBA sharpshooter and Duke legend J.J. Redick and sports writer Tommy Alter, The Old Man and the Three offers unprecedented access to the league. Tommy and J.J. discuss the NBA and interview some of the biggest names in the league, like Devin Booker and Luka Doncic. NBA final season is the perfect time to dive in, and you can listen to The Old Man and the Three wherever you get your podcasts. To hear episodes brought to you by BMW. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. And I want to thank Daniel Kramer again for jumping on and and uh, talking a little Seattle Mariners baseball. Um, low key, I think they're going to be a sneaky team. Necessarily, don't know if they're going to uh, finish third again in the, in the division, but I think they will do better than a lot of people um, think they will. So that's definitely a team to check out for Seattle. But uh, we are now on Instagram Live. We have a little Q and A and see if some questions start popping through. So if you are on Instagram Live, go ahead and uh, if you have a question or comment, go ahead and put it in the comment section, and uh, we'll get this thing going. But uh, today was actually a good day to, to, to jump on. Um, obviously, the Angels uh, have announced officially their opening day starter, and that's Dylan Bundy. Um, I don't think that necessarily was a surprise to a lot of people. That was kind of the hints going um, going around recently. Um, I think the only other player you would even consider would be um, Griffin Canning, but not Griffin Canning, sorry, uh, Andrew Heaney. But with the season that Bundy had last year, the um, spring he's had so far, granted it's spring, but um, – some really good starts out there. Had one against Sunday that was really, really good. Uh, not really a huge surprise that he got the opening day nod for the Angels. So um, that became official today. We're, we are recording this uh, Monday, March 15th. Uh, so that's definitely something to look forward to as far as opening day on April 1st. Um, another good thing that's happened this spring uh, we kind of mentioned it a little bit in the last podcast when I had uh, Chris here and I had uh, Mike Brown from uh, Big League Chewing Podcast, but it was Shohei Otani um, got a little, not, I wouldn't necessarily say roughed up on Saturday. Uh, he struggled a little bit, but he was able to, they brought him out for that weird rule where you can ping out a pitcher mid-inning and then have him go back uh, the next. Got himself into a little bit of trouble. Um, he did mention that there was such a big delay between the first and second innings because the Angels were um, uh, really good batting. So he had to wait a little bit longer. Um, That has something to do with it. So um, again, not necessarily anything I'm worried about, but it would definitely uh, help the Angels this year for sure if he's able to um, definitely help the Angels if he can Competed at that 2018 level. And then today, again, March 15th, the spring game against um, the Cincinnati Reds at Tampa Diablo puts two over the wall. Um, I believe both of them were oppo. And that's a great, great um, sign for Shohei Otani. Um, have like Rojas the last few springs and new Fletch. Rojas, yeah. Um, 
you know, but he's a guy that I don't think a lot of people um, are too sure about just because um, you have Fletcher. He is older. Um, I think he's one of those guys that they are concerned that once he gets to the majors, he might struggle a little bit. I just don't know if there's a spot for Rojas. And he's been uh, killing it in the um, – he's been killing it in the AAA, but he hasn't really got that call yet. As far as I know, he's still not on the 40-man roster. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll see how that plays out. Maybe he needs some injuries to kind of happen. But uh, Rojas is a guy that uh, has – Put out on you know at AAA and maybe he should get a, a, a shot being a local boy, um, but we'll see how that goes. I'm really interested to see how these rosters play out. Who's going to be that next infielder? I wonder. Um, I, I wonder uh, who's at third outfield. You kind of heard a little story today um, about Upton. He went down with a minor illness. They say it's not COVID related, but we'll have to wait and see if that. Affects his opening day roster spot if he goes on the DL. Uh, Pena, again, too, kind of got taken out of the game mid-game. Uh, looked like a, a lower body injury. I think they said a hamstring uh, strain. So we'll see how that goes. Um, not sure if um, – I'm not sure if that's going to help Pena uh, be on the roster. He might have to – take some time off and come back once the season gets started. So um, we'll see how that goes. I'm, I'm not sh- 100% sure um, the makeout of the schedule yet, but definitely that's one of the exciting parts um, to, 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 to wait and see as this uh, opening day gets closer and closer. Um, again, we are on Instagram live. Um, so if you have any questions, go ahead and put them in either the question section or in the comment section, and I will get to them. Um, here's one. I, I, someone asked about opening day tickets. I am not 100% sure about when they will go on sale. I haven't heard anything from them. Um but my first guess, truthfully, would think that um, they would give season ticket holders um, like kind of like first dibs on it, and obviously them only. Um, honestly, with this, the limited capacity, if you know, if most of the season ticket holders are going to go, I don't know how much that leaves for uh, the regular walk up uh, type. So. Um. Yeah, that's gonna be really interesting now that they kind of went up to that next year and they're allowed, I think, twenty percent of capacity. But hopefully soon they'll at least um, line, uh, shine some light on it as far as what uh, people can do to get uh, tickets. Uh, another question on here, as I go back through the comments, um, is will Chris Rodriguez make the rosters? I don't. I don't think Chris will make it. Out of camp, I don't. I just because I just don't see a spot for him right now. Obviously, he is a starter. I don't see him being a starter with the Angels this year. Um, and I think unless injuries really kind of catch up with him later in the year, I don't see him making his major league debut until next year. Um, they they love him and he's done really really well, especially coming back from uh, a couple of injuries that honestly kind of put his career in doubt for a bit, especially when you're having surgery on your back over and over again, you're never too sure how that's going to, um, how that's going to heal. And, and if he can be the same guy, but from what 
we've seen so far um, during the games, and I think you guys have seen it as well, um, he's doing great. He's doing great. Um, he's been uh, uh, a guest on this podcast a number of times since he was down in uh, Single A, Inland Empire. He's always been really, really great um with us so we're rooting for him but yeah i don't know if chris rodriguez will break camp with the angels i just don't necessarily see a spot for him yet but a a bright bright guy and and a a pitcher that the angels are really going to uh look forward to once he gets ready um somebody said i i agree i think he would be good in the bullpen i think i think I don't know if that's where he's going to end up, but I definitely do feel that they're going to give him a chance to start, especially this year with a minor league season. Um, I can see him going to double A. And then if he kills it, let's say like in two, and same thing with Reed Detmers. I think they're kind of on the same path where I think they start in double A. They might um, get three, four starts in double A. And if they do well, if they prove that they can handle that, they'll get up to triple A and probably finish season out there. So I, I definitely think, Chris Rodriguez and Reed Demers are kind of in that same boat where I don't think they make a debut this year unless injuries pile up. But if 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 you're looking for these guys to start, I mean, you have Bundy, Haney, uh, Griffin Canning, uh, Sandoval, Berea, uh, Suarez. I mean, you have a lot of guys that can give you innings at one point or another. Uh, Cobb now, uh, Quintana. So these guys are all like, you know, a handful of these guys need to go down before these guys get brought up. But um, I definitely think, uh, you know, 2022, that's definitely where you're going to see him. Um, We'll see. We have another question come here. It says, uh, do you see the Angels being aggressive at the deadline for a big name if we are right there for the postseason? Yeah, I think that's probably one of the main reasons why they didn't go out and kind of mortgage the farm, if you will, um, uh, you know, to get a guy to be, get brought in right now. I think they're going to wait. If they feel they have the foundation to make a run, which I think you need before you go out and start trading for a guy here or there. I think you need to make sure you have a foundation. If they feel they have a foundation, then I think they'll go out and make a trade at the deadline because they'll know we have the foundation to make a run in the playoffs. Now let's add that extra piece or two to make a run for the World Series. Um, But yeah, I've always felt that way, especially when they didn't make a kind of a trade there was reports coming out this week that they did shop around Adele and Marsh for for a certain type of player but obviously it didn't match up obviously they didn't um both ways I don't think the Angels got what they wanted in return and I'm sure you know when they approached teams about um like the Blake Snail it was came out that they were wanted a, a big pitcher um and they just can't afford to give those up because they need them they don't have a a uh, a laundry list of good pitchers in their farm so they got to kind of keep the ones they have. Uh, another question, are you worried about canning and handy struggles? I necessarily, I mean, it's spring training, but I always kind of look back to uh, 2018 where Otani's first spring training where it, <laughs> I honestly thought, and this is my, I'll own up to it. I honestly thought he should have started the season in AAA, but he came out and you remember the game against the A's where he just seemed to strike out everybody and no one can hit him at all. Um, didn't see that coming. I think Canning and Haney are going to be fine. I think they're probably working through some stuff right now. And you hear about pitchers, um, you know, one outing, maybe their slider doesn't feel great. Maybe then that means the next outing they're going to work extra hard in the slider and they're not worried about the, um, 
results. And you kind of hope that's what it is. But I'm not necessarily worried about it. Um, Haney is there to get uh, innings and build up his arm. He's a veteran. He knows what he needs to do. He knows, you know, what program, if you will, he needs to do in spring training. And I think that's exactly what he's doing. So not too worried about that. Do you think Angels will make any moves before the trade deadline? No, not before the trade line. I mean, maybe a couple days before a trade deadline kind of deal. But um, as far as like between now and let's say May, mid-May, like I don't see him making any big moves unless something crazy happens um, health-wise or you know, a deal just kind of falls in their lap. Like I don't, I, I, I don't see, I don't see them making moves before that. Um, again, for the first time and, and people on here too, correct me if I'm wrong, but for the first time in a while, this spring training and, and knock on wood, I don't, uh, there you go. Knock on wood. I, I don't think this is like the healthiest. This rotation has been through spring training in a long time. This is the most exciting I've been for rotation. Um, Angel wise, in in a while, seeing how guys like Cobb and Quintana and Bundy have performed, and and even Otani. I mean, he, when he's out there, his stuff looks great. Like he might walk guys. He still he still seems kind of wild at times, getting guys on base through walks. But when you see his splitter, when you see his fastball, when you see his slider, and you see the movement on it, and it just gets you excited that that's there, and you kind of hope that he can harness everything else in. Um, and and make a serious run at, at both positions. Again, two home runs today for Otani. Uh, a pretty good outing on Saturday. Um, uh, do you think Walsh can find himself again? I hope so. I really, really hope so. Walsh, again, another guest on the All Angels podcast earlier this year talking about his hot uh, finish to the season um, in 2020. I really hope he do. I really hope he has the opportunity to get consistent at bats, though, too. I really hope that... Um, when Albert, even if Otani's DHing, I still think there should be kind of a split at first base with with Walsh and Albert. So when Albert plays DH, Walsh is there. So I'm really hoping that Walsh, by the time the end of the year happens, uh, if you look at his at bats, I still hope they're more than Albert. I think that's going to help the team. But um, we'll see what happens. But yeah, if again, if Walsh can be. Not even I'm not even going to say be as good as he was at the end of the month because if you look at his numbers for the end of that month in 2020, they were absolutely insane. And for anyone to think that anyone can maintain that throughout the year is is, is crazy. But if it could be anything close to that, um, the Angels really found uh, a good guy that they can slide into that six seventh spot and 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 produce. And that's exactly what you're looking for. Um, just know if the Angels are in position, Artie will do anything. To, I, I believe that. I think Artie needs and I think, but I think for Artie, it needs to be super obvious. I think for Artie to to be like, yeah, I'm, I want to win. I want to win. I'm willing to make moves and go over the tax. But I think it has to be super obvious. It can't be one of those things where it's like, well, maybe if we make pick up this guy or we sign that guy, well, maybe. I think it has to be like, no, we sign this guy. We're gonna we're gonna be. Um, we're, we're going to take the division or we're going to make a serious run. I think it has to be really obvious. My bold prediction, Ward will take over as full-time casual halfway through the year. Um, I don't think so just because um, you have two really good catchers already ahead of him in Stasi and Stasi had a really good year and the veteran Kurt Suzuki. I don't think you bring Kurt in just to um, – you would pretty much have to DFA him because I don't know how you would bring – how you would have three catchers on the rosters. But um, – Madden has already said when asked about Ward playing catch, it's for emergency purposes only. Um, if you remember last year, there was a, I forgot what game, 
but one of them one of the main catchers went out fairly early and they were mentioning in the broadcast that oh emergency catcher David Fletcher. So obviously they probably didn't like that idea. So why not get him back there? We'll see how it does. But I, I would take a bet on that one. Um, Bundy was a sex fool for the angels last season, but I feel we still needed ace just saying, um, yeah, but aces aren't, I mean, everyone wants an ace. That's the most easiest, uh, opinion I guess to have. Everyone wants an ace. Everyone wants two aces, but they're just not out there to have. So, um, you know that's kind of wishful thinking, absolutely. But he was money next. Uh, he'll have money next offseason. Be patient. Um, oh yeah, Artie's going to be. You know the front office. I think is going to be in a really good situation come next season. Um, Otani, Rendon, and Trout are the only ones um, guaranteed contracts next year. So they'll have a lot of money to pay. Now, does Bundy make a good run this year? Do you resign him? Do you resign him and Haney? Like that's something that's going to be interesting to see as the as the, as the off season goes, or if they even talk about extensions throughout the year. Next off season, I'm betting we get that headline pitcher. Um, you know, I I haven't looked at next year's free agency class pitching wise very much. I don't necessarily know if there is a huge one. I think it's still going to be through a trade. Um, but free agency wise, I am not sure who's going to be a free agent next year for um, Thor. Thor's coming back from Tommy John this year, so you're going to have to kind of see. And he's not even going to be back the full season. He's going to come back half the season. If he comes back half the season, Syndergaard, if he comes back half the season and isn't Thor, he isn't him, um, and he's just kind of an average guy, do you feel like that's just Tommy John, him working back with Tommy John, or do you feel that um, it's more than that? Because, you know, these guys come from, back from Tommy John, you, that first season um, isn't necessarily, you know, a bet, the best judgment. Verlander will be a free agent. Verlander, yeah, Verlander's done. Like, I'm sorry, but Tommy John at his age, I don't see him being the ace Verlander again. Great, great great uh, career, but I don't think Verlander from two, three years ago is going to be the Verlander for next year. And again, same thing. How do you... These older guys that come back from Tommy John, they will not be the same that first year. Now you just... Now uh, now you just, you know, father time. He's going to win sooner or later. And I think Verlander coming into the 2023 season, again, 2023-2022, you know... Uh, you know, Kershaw, Granke, Scherzer, these guys are all old. These guys are all older. Yes, they could probably give you one or two years of production. But when you're talking about free agencies, these guys might want, uh, you know, five, six years. Are you willing to do that for like one or two years of production? And Kershaw, I truly believe if he is not with a, the Dodgers next year or until he retires, I believe he will go home to uh, Houston, not Houston, um, Arlington and Texas Rangers and play his last couple years there and retire being close to home. So, um, Granky, we'll see how that is. But again, he's older. Um, so you're talking about Noah Syndergaard. I pulled it up. He is 28 years old right now. Um, he'll be 29 during the season again. So you're talking about a guy that if you sign him, he'll be 30 coming off of Tommy John surgery. How much are you willing to spend and how much is he willing to kind of give up because he's coming off of injury? There's a lot of questions there with free agents. There's not a, slam dunk free agent next year for for 
for pitchers. Like I, I just don't see one. Are there any pitchers coming up in the farm system? Yes, they are a couple that with big names. We kind of talked about them a little bit earlier, but keep a lookout for Chris Rodriguez and Reed Detmers. Those are your top two young pitchers in the farm systems. Probably not making a appearance this year unless injuries kind of get out of control. But definitely, I can see him in twenty twenty two coming up with the team and making some kind of impact there. I just don't know if it's this year, unless again, unless you have a situation where, um, and I don't know how many people remember it, but Griffin Canning was probably brought up a little too early with the injuries. Um, you know, I think they wanted him going into that 2018 year. They kind of wanted him or was 2019 year where they wanted him to, be a little bit more later in the year, maybe like close to September call-ups, maybe August, and he got brought up super early. So I, I see them taking their time with Detmers and Rodriguez. That's why you sign Katana. That's why you get Cobb. These guys on one-year deals. Um, and and we'll, we'll see how those guys go. Um, do you know anything about Hector Yan? What is the ceiling? I don't know too much. Um, lefty pitcher, probably going to end up, one of those guys going to end up in the bullpen. The fact that you aren't going to be able to have a quote-unquote lefty reliever anymore. Might be a huge part of his thing. He's going to have to develop to where he can get righties and lefties out. Right now against lefties, he's really good from what I've seen and what I've heard. But he 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 needs to be able to get more than just those out now that the quote-unquote lefty reliever's out the window. But he's still young. Um, hopefully you'll be able to see him you know, quite a bit this uh season in the minor leagues and kind of get a better idea. Um, but again, I think for guys like him, especially we're talking about Hector Yon, especially guys like him, um, having a minor league system this year, minor league game, sorry, this year will help exponentially. Like sitting out all of last year is would, is would hurt anybody. But I think guys like that, where these guys need to develop these second, third pitches, not having a full season, uh, or a season at all, um, really hurts. So, you know, got to look out for Hector Yan. I still think, if anything, he's probably still like two, three years away. Um, Upton is our X factor on offensive side, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, Upton is a huge X factor. And again, if uh, if you guys didn't see the game today, he is a late scratch through illness, though not COVID related, the Angels PR said. So, you know, it, it, it it's kind of cold out there. He could have got a little sniffles or whatever, and it could be precautionary. But they said it wasn't COVID-related. Um, but, yeah, you know, Upton is a huge X factor. And, again, kind of like Walsh, not necessarily as good as Walsh, but he had a really good end of the season last year and can hopefully uh, continue that now that he's healthy. And, again, I mentioned this earlier. I'm going to knock on wood again. But this is one of the healthier springs so far that we've had um, – with the angels and I'm really excited for it. Um, let's see. There's another question. Again, we're on Instagram live. Do you see a brighter future for Adele or Marsh with the halos? This is a funny, I don't think it's funny, but this is something I've been thinking about since they were back at Inland empire. Um, pure, pure athleticism. I'm going to say Joe Adele has the better, um, upside. Um, because he's, just, I think he's a little bit better athlete than Brandon. Brandon's more polished, especially defensively. Uh, if you, he hasn't been able to get on, on the field because he, he kind of strained, I believe it was an elbow or a shoulder early in spring, but he's still been able to bat. But he hasn't been able to be in the field. I think he's going to make his um, defensive debut um, later this week. But 
I think Brandon has the tools to be just as good as Joe, um, probably for different reasons. Like I think defensively will carry him where with Joe offensively, his numbers will carry him. Um, so I think they're, they're going to be different in that aspect. But when you look at, you know, I think for both of them, if they're multi all-star careers, if both guys are four time all-stars, I think that's a very good, um, I, I think that's a very going to be a very good career. Brandon already defensively, I think, is ready for Major League Baseball. It's his bat that needs to come around. Um, striking out still too, a little too much, but he's definitely getting better at that. And I love Brandon. Uh, he's a really good guy. Um, again, a, a really good guy to Halo Haven and All Angels podcast and to myself personally. But um, I think they're about the same as far as what they can be. But I think they're going to do it in different ways. Um, again, we people have seen the struggles with Joe in the outfield. And you kind of hope that that's one of the main things he can work on um, during the minor league season this year is just routes. And, and, and I think his first step and, and getting the ball off the bat initially is what really hurts him. Um, but again, same thing. I can look at Brandon and say, you know, his at bat kind of striking out a little too much, you know, stuff like that. So they're going to be good, but I think they're going to be good for different ways. So, uh, Trout is, uh, Trout is seeming to struggle at the plate this spring. Worried at all? No, not at all. Um, he goes in, he goes in slumps, but he gets out of them fairly quickly. And um, you know, kind of like I was talking about Andrew Heaney and just being there, getting work in and ready to go. I'm sure Trout's just trying to get work in. Maybe he wants to hit just fastballs, and he's just sitting on one and doesn't get one and whatever. But I'm sure Trout's enough of a veteran at this point. He's enough of a <laughs> great player at this point and has been that he knows what he needs to do to get ready for the season. And, and I'm not worried about that. Now, if he comes out um, and goes, Oh, for, you know, 31 to start the season or something like that, then we might be revisiting this, um, this question. But as of right now, I'm not worried about it at all. Um, let's see. Opening day. Yes. Can't wait for opening day. Um, April 1st, again, we got our opening day starter. That is Dylan Bundy. Um, so good for him. I think he deserves it. I think you would be hard-pressed not to find a person that doesn't deserve it as as well as he pitched uh, last season for the Angels. Now you're just hoping he can carry that along for a full season and not just an abbreviated season. Um, that's going to be really interesting to see how some of these pitchers rebound from having maybe a bad 2020 or how these good pitchers, not just on the angels, but just an MLB in general. Um, if they have a good 2020, if they're able to carry it through the whole year, got to trade Adams soon for a top line young pitcher. Um, the only thing about trading Adams for a young pitcher is that it's going to take more than Adams. Whenever you talk about a young pitching prospect and a young center field prospect, the, the, the young pitching prospect is always going to be worth more and you're always going to have to throw in more. So that's going to be interesting to see how that works. Do you think Haney is ever sad? Uh, he's not the opening day starter. I don't think he's ever had it before, even uh, this season where it seemed like he deserved it. I don't know. I'm sure... Um, I'm not sure, you know, if he even... I'm sure everyone loves to be an opening day starter, but I've kind of said this before. I think the opening day starter is cool. It gets the fans excited, but I think it's kind of um, overrated a little bit. Like, I'd rather be the the pitcher that finishes the season. And, and you know, when you have... a. Uh, you're close in the standings and, and maybe it's tied and you're going to that 162 game and you need to win. 
Um, I'd rather be that pitcher than the opening day pitcher. I don't think he gets. I mean, I'm sure he's bummed, but I'm, I don't think he sits around and and thinks about it all the time and wondering when he's gonna get his shot. I'm thinking, all right, cool, I got the second day. You know, if it's not the first, it's the second for Andrew Haney. And who knows? Maybe something happens and and Bundy might have a small setback. Hopefully not. And, and Andrew is going to be the opening day starter. It always seemed like for the Angels the last couple of years that it's always kind of been the most most healthy guy going into opening day that got the opening day start. But hopefully Bundy can stay healthy and um, hopefully can watch we call it can. Um, Hopefully can can pitch. Uh, just got word that only nine thousand fans allowed for April first. That's it. Yeah, I mean you're gonna be super limited right now. Again, kind of going back. Someone asked about tickets. Um, season ticket holders are probably gonna get first dibs on that, and I don't know how much of that you're probably gonna go season ticket holders, and then people with ticket plans, and then kind of like the walk up group or people that can go online and buy it. So I'm not necessarily sure how that's gonna work. I'm sure they're probably reaching out to season ticket holders right now to see if they want. Uh, tickets or not, so probably a wait and see. I feel like uh, I feel like Haney lacks confidence. He's uh, mentally battled with depression and anxiety. He needs a boost in his mental. Yeah, maybe. I mean, you know, you never want to you never want to comment on someone else's mental uh, capabilities, I guess, or battles with stuff like depression, and anxiety. But you know, maybe, maybe I, you know. M- Confidence is a huge thing. You know, let's be real. Confidence is a huge thing, whether you're in, in Little League or in the Major Leagues. Uh, I think if he gets a, off to a good start, and not necessarily wins per se, but let's just say he he, he pitches um, a couple games, six-ish innings, and maybe gives up one or two runs, you know, I think that confidence can go a big way of building onto a really good year. So that's something to really to... to um, look for and then you know with Andrew I believe Andrew's now the, the longest tenured angel pitcher that they've had I mean he's been there the longest than anybody you know it would be good to see him have a really good year and have you know I don't necessarily think he would be an all-star but have that type of caliber year where he's at least in the conversation where he's at least mentioned you know maybe at the all-star break he's one of those guys that got snubbed or whatever like you hope for that for Andrew because he's been here for so long and he seems to kind of um, be turning the corner a little bit, little bit, little bit. But obviously, uh, Bundy getting to getting the opening day start, um, you know, kind of delays his 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 debut one day because I'm I'm pretty sure um, I'm pretty sure he'll get that ball on that on that Friday again, April first. It's a Thursday. Um, oh, you know, it's. We are less than a less than a month away. What are we like? Three weeks away? Two and a half weeks away? Um, how did uh, Alberto Rivera, Jose Alberto Rivera, do? I wasn't able to watch the game yesterday. I'm not too sure. Um, I was flipping back and forth, truthfully, between uh, the game yesterday and the um, Players Championships. I'm a, a bit of a golfer, so I was going back and forth through that. Um, I saw when guys like. I got the update on my phone when some guys would come in and then I would kind of click over, but I'm not sure how well he did. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how that goes. But I mean, it was a one, one game yesterday. So you have to kind of figure guys, um, did a pretty good game, pretty good job pitching, um, against the Cubs, uh, led by Dylan Bundy. So, um, yeah, I mean, and it's weird. This bullpen, I think can be a low key, I wouldn't necessarily say strength, but it won't be a weakness. I don't think it will be a weakness for this for this team this year. I, I think they got some arms. I think 
Ty Buttry will come around. I think he'll have a good year. I think Iglesias is uh, a really good closer. I think he can really lock it down towards the end of the games. Um, I, I, I think this, you know, hopefully Felix Pena is, is okay and not seriously hurt and he can get back fairly quickly. Um, but I think this bullpen is going to go from the reason why they lost a lot of games to the reason why they hold on to a lot of games. Um, you know, I think it all starts with starting pitching and not putting the bullpen in that kind of situation, but, um, we'll have to wait and see with that. But I, I, you know, if I had a a bold prediction, I would probably say, um, this bullpen isn't going to be the Achilles heel that it was last year for, uh, this team. And with that being said, another Iglesias, that I am really excited to play, uh, see play is uh, shortstop uh, Jose Iglesias. You know, he had another great play again today. He's had a couple standout plays throughout the spring. And if you listen to our last podcast, I kind of mentioned it. You know, Simba was, he was good. You know, defensively, he was, you know, I don't think he was, especially the last couple of years where he was battling injury, he wasn't what he was when he got to the Angels. And I think that's safe to say that. He can be one of the best shortstops ever and not play like it the last couple of years because of injury. I think that's I think that's my honest opinion. I think that's fair. Um, but Iglesias this year has shown that whatever Simmons did for the team, Iglesias isn't that far off defensively. And I kind of mentioned it. If, if in your eyes, um, Simmons is like an A-plus shortstop, which is fine. Um, Iglesias is like a B plus A minus. Like he's not far behind and he doesn't give up much in that aspect. And there's a lot of times too where um, I think Simmons tried too hard because he was so good. He would make a great play, um, you know, saving saving the ball going from that going from you know through shortstop into the outfield or makes a great play and then tries to pick off a guy, makes a great play over the shoulder, pop fly, and then sees a guy kind of leaning off a second base a little bit and tries to pick him off and then ends up throwing the ball away. I think there's been a couple of times like that where it stood out of my mind where he tries a little too hard. And I don't necessarily think Iglesias will do that. Again, it's fairly early. It's still spring, so I'm not sure. But what I've seen with from him has been has been great. And then if we can get the bat around again, short season last year, but had a really good season at the plate. That's something that Simmons has always been struggling with, and I don't think it would be too hard to improve that part of the shortstop game the last uh, couple years. And like I mentioned, truthfully, if if Iglesias can play 153 games, great, because Simmons has been really injured the last couple years, and it's great to have a guy like him, but it doesn't do you any good if he can't get out on the field. Um, But we'll see how that goes. So the schedule for the podcast coming up forward now, um, getting closer and closer to opening day. Next week, we will have the uh, a big angel preview. Um, I'm going to reach out to some guys that we've had on the podcast and some guys that we have yet to have on the podcast, some new faces, and hopefully we can get them to go uh, roundtable kind of way and, and talk about the angel spring. And, and honestly, w- what's realistic for this team going into the 2021 season, talking about the ceiling, we're talking about the floor, we're talking about um, how good Bundy can be and how good Otani can be. So that's going to be really interesting to, to see. Again, that's probably happening next week. Um, later this week, I'm working on another interview um, 
going to put an email out to the guy tomorrow. Don't want to give anything away just in case that we are not able to work out schedules, but it's a, it's an interview that I really hope we get. And I think it would be a lot of fun for angel fans. Um, here's something else too. And I don't know necessarily what people do on opening day. I know for me, in years past, I have taken that day off, and will this again this this year too? But um, opening day for the last like three days, three years have been on the road up in Oakland, and finally this year they're at home, and it kind of sucks that there's a good chance we won't be there. But there is something that I have been thinking about, and um, some of the feedback I got on Instagram a couple weeks ago, maybe it was a month ago, about asking about golfers and who golfs on there and if you follow us you know i am one um but my idea was and and i'm going to put it out there and if people wanted to join then great i am i am going to try um to put together uh uh, a foursome a a golf outing the morning of opening day play a little golf in the morning go and then um you know, kind of hang out, talk a little baseball, talk a little golf, and then you know, then we all enjoy opening day um, that that night. But um, so, if anyone's interested in trying to put something together, again, it'll be me. And then you know, if there's three golfers out there that that live in the Riverside, Corona, even all kind of Orange County area, I'm sure we can all talk about where we want to meet as far as a golf course. But uh, something I'm thinking about. So if you're interested in that, DM me here on our Instagram. Um, or Twitter, Halo underscore Haven, or email us at allangelspodcast at gmail.com um, if you're interested in that. That's something I'm trying to put together. So um, it'll be me, and then honestly, you know, the first three people that can kind of make it happen go out that Thursday morning of opening day and kind of make it a, uh, uh, a pretty cool day. So if you're a golfer, don't have to be great. I am not great by any means. For as much as I go golfing, I am – Ecstatic when that first digit is a eight. So, um, any any levels, you're going out there, just have a good time. But uh, let me know again. You can DM us here on our Instagram or our Twitter, or email us at allangelspodcast at gmail dot com. Uh, probably last question: Do you think Josea Alberto Rivera makes the team or gets sent back to the Astros? He'll probably, I think, uh, he just made his ML. I think his Spring training debut. If it wasn't yesterday on Sunday, I think it was a couple of days before that. So he hasn't got a lot of time in games. I think you'll probably see him a lot more as these last couple of weeks of spring training goes. Um, and I think that will tell the tale. Um, but we'll see. Again, he's a Rule 5 player. So if people don't understand that, uh, when you pick someone up in the Rule 5 draft, um, they have to make the big league squad or they get sent back to the team that he was picked up from. So in this occasion, it would be the Houston Astros. Um, so yeah, look for him to come out more during these last couple of weeks and see if he can. Again, if he's decent, then yeah, I, I can see him being an arm in the bullpen and then kind of giving him work maybe in low, sever- low leverage situations. But um, we'll wait and see for that. Um, and another thing, this weekend, Tyler Skaggs Foundation is having their virtual 5K. Um, if you are doing it and you're posting Please tag us. Please tag uh, Tyler Skaggs Foundation um, in your stories, in your posts. We'll make sure to uh, repost them. Uh, me and my wife will be doing it this Saturday. So uh, check out our story here at Halo Haven for little updates of me dying because I haven't ran um, <laughs> probably since the last Angels 5K, which was 
2019 probably because I don't think they had one. Yeah, they definitely didn't have one last year with COVID. So um, that should be a a lot of fun kind of. Um, But if you are doing it, great. Make sure you tag us and Tyler Skaggs Foundation and we'll definitely make sure we repost it because it's going for a great cause. And if you've been with us for a while, you know how how closely we work uh, with the Tyler Skaggs Foundation, and we're working on another fundraiser this year, um, similar to what we did last year, and I'm really looking forward to that. So um, that's going to wrap it up again for this edition of the All Angels Podcast. Um, I want to thank everyone here on Instagram that is still watching, and for the people that popped in and out um, for your questions. But I am Daniel Garcia. Thank you for listening for another edition of the All Angels Podcast, and we will see you later. Later.